Welcome. We're so glad you've taken this opportunity to grow your faith by listening to this teaching. At CLC, it is our heart to see every believer equipped to fulfill the plan that God has for your life. For more information about Celebration Life Church, you can visit our website at celebrationlife.ca. Now let's hear some faith-building teaching from Pastor Neil McGeever. So even though we haven't realized it over the last one, two, three, four weeks, it's kind of been a series that God's put together. None of us have talked with each other. If you remember four weeks ago, Pastor Gwen talked about our experience tainting our view of the Bible, right? That we need to take those experiences and get rid of them so that we can see the Bible for its truth. That when it says that we're healed, we're healed. When it says that we're whole, we're whole. Amen. That we take it at its simple truth. If it says it in the word of God, it's the truth and it shall come to be. Amen. And Pastor Ann talked about distractions and getting rid of those distractions that try to take us off of the word of God, yeah. right? And he talked about the devil, and I put the basket on my head, and I reminded you that the devil's in, living in a spiritual world, but he's spiritually dead, so he can't really see. So he goes and roams around, and he tries, and he roams, and he roars here, and he tries to get your attention, but he isn't really knowing where he's roaring or he's roaming <laughs> Because he can't see, because he's dead spiritually and living in a spiritual world. Everybody make sense of that? Praise the Lord. We get rid of those distractions so that now that we don't have anything tainting our understanding of the word of God or people's um, people's opinion of the word of God, but now we can focus on it. We get rid of those distractions. Amen? Amen? And then I talked about what's in your bushel. And I talked about all of um, the different things that we can put in our bushel as tools, right? It says in, in, in Matthew in, in Matthew 4, or Matthew 5, 14 to 16, that we're not supposed to put the bushel on the light, right. Right? right? And we're supposed to take it off, yeah. right? The light, it says, don't put the bushel over the light because you're standing on a hill and then you want that light to shine so that everybody can see it. Well, the light of God, God, Jesus, the Holy Spirit is that light and it's on the inside of us. And we don't want to put that bushel on our head and so that nobody can see that light coming out of us. Instead, we want to take it off and we want to put those tools that God has given us into it so we can use them to shine our light onto this world. Amen? Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. And then Pastor Gwen... That's why I can't see it. I turned my page. Pastor Gwen talked last week about crucifying our flesh about putting things of this world on the altar. Again, that's another thing about getting those distractions, getting those hindrances out of our lives. In my life, a big part of my flesh was what other people were going to think of me when I said things. I was always, always concerned about what other people were going to think of me, say about me, because of things that I said. So I was constantly making sure that everybody was okay around me because that's, that was what you did. But that's part of my flesh. It says in Proverbs 29, 25, I think it is, that the fear of man will prove to be a snare, but those who trust in the Lord will be kept safe. 
There's always, there, I'm just talking about one part of our flesh that gets in the way of us. This is talking about, now we've, we've got the word, right? We've got the word in us. We don't have any distractions. We have nothing tainting our understanding of the word. And we're walking forward in the word. Now this is we get rid of that flesh so that now we speak the word. Yeah. Now we're going to speak the word. Amen? Amen. 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 Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Before we go any further... Where is the um, uh, the phone that's doing the Mevo? Right there. Okay. And here's the Mevo. Everybody, put out your hands towards the Mevo and lift up the phone. Lift up the phone. In the name of Jesus, this Mevo will work and it will do the works of the Lord. It will declare its name and it will go forth and broadcast our service so that people that need to see it can see it. That this phone shall work in conjunction with this Mevo and it shall do a great job in the name of Jesus. And they shall be bound together in the name of Jesus and not be separated in the name of Jesus. Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory be to God. Galatians... 524 Galatians 524 says and they that are Christ have crucified the flesh with the affections and lusts we're talking about crucifying our flesh getting that out of the way amen and then we're going to go on I just want to um, show you two scriptures about about that that it actually um, is in the New Testament and it's something that we need to do Jesse Duplantis always says that he crucifies his flesh daily. Every day, he crucifies his flesh. He gets it out of the way so that he can do the work of God in each and every day. Amen. Amen. And if you look in Colossians 3, 5, it says in the, uh, new, in the King James, it says, mortify, mortify therefore your members which are upon the earth. Yeah. Fornication, uncleanness, I, in, inordinate, Affection, evil concupiscence, and covetousness, which is idolatry. That's talking about dying to your flesh. It's about uh, killing it. It's about getting it out of the way. We want to get it out of the way. Amen? Amen. Oh, hallelujah. Oh, praise the Lord. We're going to talk about the last tool that the Lord told me to talk about that we're going to put in our bushel, right? Remember, none of this, but we're going to do this with our bushel. In in Britain, they still use a bushel as a measure. measure. There's a song that talks about a bushel and a peck. A bushel is, it's an actual container that they put things in, and that's the measure of a bushel. So this is a bushel for us amen amen Amen. and we're we're going to start in first corinthians 12 verse 1 first corinthians 12 verse 1 oh hallelujah lord that your word would go forth and do a work in the name of jesus oh hallelujah oh and at the end we're doing communion but we're also going to be um we didn't quite get to tithes and offerings did we so, yeah, okay, we'll do it. Right, right, okay. We're going to be doing that at the end, and I have something that the Lord's put on my heart to do as well. Okay. First Corinthians 12, verse 1. Now concerning spiritual gifts, brethren, I would not have you ignorant. 
God wants us to understand spiritual gifts. He doesn't want us to be ignorant of them. He doesn't want us to be uncomfortable with them. He wants us to understand them and allow them to work in our lives. Because we can make that choice to not allow them to work in our lives. So that's why it has to be twofold. We have to understand them and then allow them to work through us. Because that's what God wants us to do. Right? He doesn't want us to be ignorant of them. And part of being ignorant is, is you, you just hold it back and you don't want it to happen. Amen? Amen. Okay, verses 2 and 3. Ye know that ye were Gentiles, carried away unto these dumb idols, even as ye were led. That's talking about us before we were Christians. We had our dumb, and when it says dumb, it's not meaning stupid. Although they are, that's right. It's talking about, about um, idols that can't speak. Right? So, and we all had them. Back in biblical times, when they had dumb idols, it was actually some figurine of something, right? Whatever it was, it was. In our lives, um, we don't necessarily have a whole bunch of idols sitting around our houses or anything like that before we became Christians, but we have idols in our lives, you know, whether it's the acceptance of other people or it's, it's money or it's a job or it's um, you're, you're married to your career. That, that's an idol, those, those things right there. Amen. But we're not like that anymore. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. We are not like that anymore. Amen. Wherefore, I give you under, to understand that no man speaking by the Spirit of God calleth Jesus accursed, and that no man can say that Jesus is Lord but by the Holy Ghost. So, that's talking again about us, that we, before we are born again, we can't come and say Jesus is Lord because we don't have that, that understanding inside of us. We don't have that revelation on the inside of us until the Holy Spirit comes and speaks to us and we give our lives and we're like, oh my goodness, oh Lord, you are alive and real and whole, praise the God, praise God. Amen? Amen. Now, verse 4. Now there are diversities of gifts but the same spirit. And I'm going to go over to the Amplified here. I'm going to be using the Amplified a bunch this morning. It says in verse 4 in the Amplified, says, Now there are distinctive varieties and distributions of endowments, gifts, extraordinary powers, distinguishing certain Christians due to the power of divine grace operating in their souls by the Holy Spirit. And they vary, but the Holy Spirit remains the same. Did you get that? Amen. What is that talking about? That is talking about the calling that's on us. What we're supposed to be doing in our lives. And so for me, I'm a pastor. I'm also an accountant. I work full-time in business and then I do accounting. Um, For uh, Lanny, uh, one of her ministries is a hospital ministry but she's also anointed to go in and work where she works. Pastor Gwen is an apostle and a prophet and a pastor. Um, Everybody has those things that God has called them to do. It it says in in the King James Version, there are diversity of gifts, but the same spirit. So we each have an area of where we're supposed to be going. 
what we're supposed to be doing. And we're supposed to take our tool basket with us when we go to all of those things. We're supposed to take our tool basket with us when we go to every single part of our life. We don't put it on a shelf and go to work. Or we don't put it on a shelf and go to the dentist. We don't put it on a shelf and, and go to the grocery. If, think about this. If, Pastor, if, if Lanny had to put it on the shelf and gone to Safeway the other day, she wouldn't have had that opportunity to, to help that man and to speak into that man's life. Even if he wouldn't let her pray for him, she still got to speak. She still got to plant a seed into his life. Amen? Because she took her toolbox with her. Her, her spiritual toolbox with her. Amen? Oh, glory be to God. Hallelujah. So, we all have those gifts inside of us. We all have those uh, callings on the inside of us to go out and do. Amen? And we take them with us. We're, and we're specifically talking about the gifts of the Spirit this morning. And so we take, that's one of those gifts that we take with us. Amen? Hallelujah. Amen. Okay, let's go to some of the scriptures that I want to show you. Matthew 3, uh, 16. Matthew 3.16, and we're going to flip over into the first verse of, four, of uh, chapter 4. And Jesus, when he was baptized, went straight away out of the water, and lo, the heavens were opened unto him, and he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and lighting on upon him. And lo, a voice from heaven saying, This is my beloved Son, in whom I am well pleased. And then verse 1 of chapter 4. Then was Jesus led up by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted of the devil. Okay, so this is talking about the Holy Spirit coming down upon Jesus and anointing him for his ministry. So let me ask you a question. That Holy Spirit that came and anointed Jesus, is that the same Holy Spirit on the inside of us? Amen. Is that the same Holy Spirit that did a work of healing and restoration and everything else that he did over the entire congregation this morning that, that flowed through this, this? It is. That Holy Spirit is the same Holy Spirit that is on, in, on the inside of us. You think about the miracles and the things that Jesus did while he was on this earth. Amen. You think about those things, what he did. So does that mean that, that um, only Jesus can do those things? No. In our toolbox, do we have the same things in our toolbox, in our bushel that Jesus had? Yeah, yeah we do. If, you're, if there's any little, 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 little part of you that's questioning that, we do. We have every single, we have, and you know what he says? We have even more, because we are going to do greater works. Because before Jesus went to the cross and, and ascended to heaven, the Holy Spirit wasn't on the inside of any people. There was times where it came upon a person and they went and did something like Peter when he had realized that Jesus was, was the Christ and, and, and Jesus acknowledged that and he said, you heard from the Father there. That was the Holy Spirit coming upon Peter and this is what he is. 
But we have that spirit, Holy Spirit on the inside of us all the time, 24-7. It doesn't go away. And we have that toolbox and we get to do even greater works than Jesus. So you look at what Jesus did and there's a part in the Bible that says that the volumes of this earth, of books upon books upon books upon books, cannot, cannot contain the number of things that Jesus did on this earth. Think about what we're going to be able to do. Oh, hallelujah. Think about what we're going to be able to do because we get to do greater works. If you've ever been here with uh, uh, Dr. Lairdon to hear him, he talks about greater works that we, we get to bring people to salvation. Amen. The Holy Spirit working through us. That is a greater work that Jesus never got to do. Amen? Yeah. We get to establish churches. That is something that Jesus never got to do. Those are just two of the things that, that Dr. Lairdon talks about when it comes to those greater works. That's the Holy Spirit on the inside of us. That's all of these tools on the inside of us just sitting there waiting and like, I'm so ready, I'm so ready, I'm ready, I'm ready to go out, I'm ready to go out. Please let me out, please let me out, please let me out. Please let me do what I'm supposed to do. Please let me do what I'm supposed to do. Right? Not this, but this. Amen? Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah. Okay, verse 5. And there are differences of administrations, but the same Lord. You know what? I got those two scriptures mixed up backwards. What I was talking about was actually verse 5, about that calling upon our life. And now, in verse 4, it's talking about the diversity of gifts, that we take those gifts with us. And there are distinctive varieties of service and administration, but it is the same Lord who is served. That's what it says in the Amplified. And there are distinctive varieties of service and administration, but it is the same Lord who is served. We all serve the same Lord. Amen? We all have those callings. And then we have to take those giftings with us wherever we go. Amen? Amen. Hallelujah. Let's move on to verse 6. And there are diversities of operations, but it is the same God which worketh in all. All in all, it says. And there are diversities of operations, but it is the same God which worketh in all. Hallelujah. No two people are the same on this earth. We have two families here that have twins in their families. So Doreen and Sherilyn Eslin, you guys tell me, are your twins the same? No, they are not. There is no person on this earth that is the same. You... Otherwise, you'd be redundant. You would be redundant because God has a purpose for your life. He has a reason that you need to have tools in your bushel to step out. He has a reason. And so you will fit in to a place that God wants you to fit in because he's given you that character, those abilities, those giftings, those, um, those revelations. Anything you can think of, he's given that to you because he wants you to fit into a a specific place on this earth to do his work on this earth. Amen? 
if you uh, stay in 1 Corinthians 12, and let's go down to uh, 13 to 21. We're going to look at 13 to 21. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thirteen to twenty-one. For by one Spirit are we all baptized into one body, whether we be Jews or Gentiles, whether we be bond or free, and have been all made to drink into one Spirit. So that's what I've already been talking about, right? We have the one Holy Spirit. He lives on the same side of us, and it's the same Holy Spirit that anointed Jesus and and sent him out into his ministry. Fourteen. For the body is not one member, but many. Amen. If the foot shall say, because I am not the hand, I am not of the body, is, is it therefore not of the body? And if, I, if the ear shall say, because I am not the eye, I am not of the body, is it therefore not of the body? If the whole body were an eye, where were the hearing? If the whole body were hearing, where were the smelling? You need a, a nose. Verse 18. But now hath God set the members, every one of them, in the body, as it hath pleased him. As it has pleased him. He's put on the inside of you everything that you need to do what he's called you to do. As it pleased him. And there is nothing greater, there's nothing more satisfying, there's nothing more joyful than being in that place, doing what God is supposed to, has called you to do, fitting in to that puzzle that, that God has put on this earth. Everybody has that place in that puzzle. Oh, hallelujah. Yeah. Verse 19, and if there be one member where I read that already and the eye cannot say unto the hand I have no need of thee nor again the head to the feet I have no need of you amen (laughs) we are I I can't remember who it was I think it was at the Southwest Believers Convention that um, was on this last week somebody was talking about this and and it just it it showed it gave me a whole different picture of this Who's the head of our church? Right? Jesus is the head of our church. It says here, nor again, and it says, the eye cannot say unto the hand, I have no need of thee, nor again the head to the feet, I have no need of you. Jesus is the head of our church. He cannot do what he needs to do, what he wants accomplished on this earth without us. The head cannot do what it needs to do without the feet. In the same manner, we cannot do what we need to do without each other. We are all a part of the body. We're all an ear, an eye, a nose, a piece of hair, an arm, an elbow, a finger, a knee, a femur, a left, right, a left big toe, whatever you are, there is a purpose for it. There is a purpose for it. There is a purpose for you to do what God has called you to do, and there is a purpose for you to work with the other people God has put around you. 
It has a purpose. You fit into a place. There may be people in your life that have told you, you may have grown up with people telling you that, you know what, you don't fit in. You're the black sheep of the family. You are weird. You're crazy, man. I don't understand you. Don't listen. Those are those voices. Those are those distractions that Pastor Ann was talking about. Those are those voices that you have to say, no way. And those are the, those um, experiences that have tainted your understanding of God and the Bible. Let me tell you, God has made you wonderfully unique. He has made you wonderfully unique. There is a reason you are who you are. Grasp onto it. Don't let go of it because God has put it on you. God has put it in you for a purpose. Dig into Him. Lord, I seem a bit weird this way. Why? Show me. You get the picture. There is a reason for it. Are you hearing me? Let that hurt go of people mocking you and thinking you're crazy because God has made you for a purpose. He has put everything in you for a purpose. You are a right big toe because God wants you to be a right big toe. You fit into somebody else's foot to help them. You fit into somebody else's foot so that you can do what God has called you to do. Amen? Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Are you hearing me? Good. That's really important. Really important. It will free you. It will free you. Oh, praise God. Praise God. Let's go into verse 7. But the manifestation of the Spirit is given to every man to profit with all. But the manifestation of the Spirit is given to every man to profit with all. How many is every? How many is all? Is there more than all? Is there more than every? Who does that include? Amen. It includes everybody. Everybody. The manifestation of the Spirit is given to every man, everybody, to profit with all. In the Amplified, it says, but to each one is given the manifestation of the Holy Spirit, the evidence, the spiritual illumination of the Spirit for good and profit. As we go and look at these um, spiritual gifts, they are given to us for good and for profit, to advance somebody else, to give them encouragement, to help them along, to get them up on their feet. Uh Andrew Womack tells a story of his own life. Um, 
that is an excellent illustration of the wrong side of this. So back when he was first getting to know the Lord, he's been a Christian all of his life, um, but he had just kind of gotten a hold of the Holy Spirit and um, wasn't really sure of a whole bunch of things and stuff like that. And he got sent to um, Vietnam for 18 months. So he's in Vietnam, and the, the lady that he had been dating, I don't know exactly how serious they were, had heard this prophet, and this prophet had basically said to her that you're going to have sickness, and it's going to glorify the Lord, and all this kind of stuff. And, and people are going to get saved and, and because of you and because of this sickness and stuff like that. And she died. She died. People came to the Lord, but she died. So he came back, and his fiance or whoever she was, was gone. And then he met, he met his current, his, his wife, Jamie, and they were, I don't know how this happened or how soon it was after Vietnam, but at some point he ended up at a table with this same man because they thought he was a man of God. And so they're at this table and they're listening and they're having, they're, they're eating with him and everything like that. And he starts speaking over their life that both of them are going to have sickness and they're going to have trial and it's going to be really hard in their life, but it's going to be to the glory of the Lord because it's going to, it's going to, um, bring people to the Lord and all this kind of stuff. And there's going, and he said, him and Jamie are sitting there and they're crying at the table. They're like, okay, Lord, if that's what you want, we'll do what we do because we'll do anything for you, Lord. We'll do anything for you. We'll do anything for you. And so they're listening to him and listening to him. And then all of a sudden, praise God, praise God. Out of this man's mouth says, the Lord has me on a fast for seven years from the Bible. I'm not allowed to read the Bible for seven years. And at this point, praise God, praise God, because um, Andrew at this point had, he was learning a whole lot more. Basically, the full 18 months that he was in Vietnam, he did not see combat. He, he was so into the Bible that they basically made him a chap chaplain's assistant. And, and the last three cha chaplain's assistants for this one chapel, chaplain had been killed basically protecting the chaplain and he was this chaplain was told you have to keep him alive and so basically he spent his whole time in vietnam holed up reading his bible in a bunker reading his bible for 18 months that's all that he did he went out and helped some people here and there and, and so he knew enough of the bible that what that man had just prophesied and said that the lord had told him that he had to have a fast from the the bible for seven years he knew that was wrong and he stood up at that table and said, you know what, that is heresy, you are wrong, that is not in the Bible, and this is what it says in the Bible about this, and we're leaving now, goodbye. <laughs> and then he's alive today because of that. Yeah. That is an example of the gifts of the Spirit being used not to profit and bring good to somebody. We want to do the opposite of that. Right. Amen? Amen. We want to do the opposite of that. Hallelujah. If you look at the Greek of the word withal, it means um, to bear together, contribute. That is literally to collect or figuratively to conduce, especially by advantage. Be better for bring, to, for bring together, be expedient. So what is that saying? 
we're supposed to use the gifts of the Spirit. We're supposed to use what God has put in our bushel to bring people together, to bring them freedom, to bring them closer to the Lord. And that's what the Lord is going to do. Even, Even if it's a correction for somebody, if you have that place in somebody's life where you can bring correction and the Lord puts it on you to bring correction... That is a good thing because if you're obeying the Lord and doing it, it's going to come, those gifts of the Spirit are going to come out in love and they're going to correct that person and that person is going to be very thankful. In the moment, they may not be all that thankful, but they are going to be thankful because you've spoken a word of love with a heart for them to come back into the body, for heart for them to take their place in the Word of God and do what they've been called to do, to give them freedom and joy to know that they're doing what they're supposed to be doing without any distractions, without any tainting of the Word of God, getting that stuff off of them. Amen? Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Now, let's look at the actual gifts of the Spirit that God talks about here. For, in verse 8 we're in. For to one is given by the Spirit the word of wisdom. When you look, um, I learned this from Pastor George at EMIC. They go and they look at the eight, Webster's 1828 Dictionary. You can actually buy them. You can buy them through EMIC. And it's a a completely 100% biblically-based dictionary of words. And so I looked up the word wisdom in the 1828 dictionary, and it says the right use or exercise of knowledge. The right use or exercise of knowledge. For to one is given by the Spirit the word of wisdom, the right use or exercise of the knowledge that you have. Amen? Does that make sense? A word of wit, you can have a whole lot. There's a lot of people in this world who are what people would call book smart. They have a lot of knowledge in their head, they have a lot of understanding of everything. We actually, when, when Heather and I were going to school together at Camosun College, we had, there were some teachers that you could tell that they knew what they were talking about. And there were some teachers that understood the principles of what they were talking about, but they had no practical application. They had no wisdom of how to apply that knowledge in their life. They have, because in accounting, let me tell you, <laughs> There is the theoretical way that you're taught in school of how accounting goes. And then you step into the real world. (laughs) And then you have to try and apply that theoretical um, way of how accounting goes. And it's not the same thing, right? No, it is not whatsoever. There is gray spots in accounting. Let me tell you. (laughs) Amen. But you need that wisdom to apply the knowledge in a, that, that you have in your life. And you can have a, a word of wisdom for someone that will help them, that will bring clarity to them of how they're supposed to do something. Like, for instance, think about someone who is just starting out in ministry. 
They're just, they know that God's put on their heart to start out in ministry and they're just kind of getting going and they know what they're, they kind of have this big picture of what they're doing, but they're like, okay, Lord, where do I go? What do I do? You know, just, and, and they leave it with the Lord and they do it and then they're carrying on their life and then they come to a service one day and somebody's able to come and speak into their life, give them a word of wisdom and say, you know what, do this or do that or think about this. Something along those lines. And it comes from God on the inside of us. And it's meant to edify and uplift and give direction to people. Amen? Amen. To help them. One of my favorite scriptures in Proverbs, it says that... um, Oh, now it's all completely gone. It's about wisdom. Um, And get 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 your understanding with all you're getting. Wisdom is the principal thing. There we go. I had to... Wisdom is the principal thing. That's talking about God's wisdom. It is the principal thing. It is the premier thing. It is the thing above all things that you should be seeking. And what else is the thing above all things? The Word of God. There's a lot of wisdom in here. Make sure you're spending time in the Word of God. That is where you're going to get wisdom. That is where God is going to speak to you. Amen? Amen. Second part of verse 8. To another the word of knowledge by the same spirit. Knowledge is a clear and certain perception of that which exists or of truth and fact. Knowledge is a clear and certain perception of that which exists or of truth and fact. One of the most famous words of knowledge is Jesus at the Samaritan well when he meets the, la- the, the Samaritan lady at the well. And he basically, um, he's talking with her and wants a drink of water and all this kind of stuff and it comes out about her history. He speaks a word of knowledge over her and it gets her attention. It gets her attention and she sits up and listens and they end up talking about the Messiah and I'm, we're waiting for the Messiah and he says, I am he. And, and she's like, woohoo! And goes back into the town and says, this man told me my entire history. He read, what is the saying? He read my mail. Yeah. And, knows, and knew all these things and has never seen me before. You need to come and listen to him. Yeah. Yeah. That's an example of a word of, word of knowledge. You have, um, a lot of times, this uh, word of knowledge will happen when you're out evangelizing. And you're speaking to someone and you realize that the Lord's speaking to you about something in their life. You, have, you don't know them from Adam. You've never seen them before. You meet them in the parking lot of the grocery store or something like that. And you just end up there in the car beside you and you're putting your groceries away at the same time and you're talking. And he's, he's telling you something. And so you make sure that you've thrown off all those distractions. You, you're not tainted and you've crucified your flesh. And you take that step in faith and you say, you know what, is this going on in your life? I think the Lord, I'm a Christian, and the Lord just said to me, you know, that this is going on in your life. And you say, is, is, is that true? And most of the time they're going to say yes, because you hear from the Lord. Yeah. And that's going to give you that open door that Lanny was talking this morning about, yeah. to step into their lives and speak a word, plant a seed of the word of God yeah. in them. Yeah. Opportunity to pray for them. Amen? Yeah. Amen. Hallelujah. 
Verse 9. To another faith by the same Spirit. To another faith by the same Spirit. Something happened to me. It seems like it was yesterday, but it was probably at least a month and a half ago. (laughs) So... uh, the lady that works down in our LA office, her and her family had gone to Boston for a weekend. They live in, they live in around LA, and they'd gone to Boston for a weekend. And she had left her wallet there in a restaurant. She knew exactly where it was, and um, we, um, she, was, she needed it back for this com- upcoming weekend for some reason. I don't know why, but she really needed because it also had her passport and everything in it, like the whole kit and caboodle. Her, her life was in that wallet. It was in a safe place. It was at the restaurant. They had it. It was in safekeeping. So it wasn't, there wasn't any chance of it being stolen or anything like that. So we endeavored to use our account with FedEx to get it across to her before the weekend. And, oh, my word, everything that could have gone wrong <laughs> went wrong to try and get this wallet to her. But I... I I was sitting at my desk because I was the one that was dealing with it. I was sitting at my desk and I'm like, uh, and it just came up in me. This wallet's going to get to her. This wallet is going to get to her by the time it needs to get to her. So what had happened was that the restaurant really wasn't, wasn't um, um, being nice. They had the wallet, but they didn't want to do anything. And we had to get the, the uh, shipping documents to them, all of the, the papers with the bars on them, all that kind of stuff to say where it was going and everything to them. And so somehow the hotel that they stayed in while they were there was right across the road. So somehow we got, we got the FedEx guy that came to the hotel. He was supposed to take the papers over to... The um, we got them to print out the papers, and he would, the FedEx guy was going to take it over to the um, the restaurant, and it was all going to be fine. But no, he went he went and grabbed the parcel and brought it over to the hotel. So the parcel is in the wrong place, and I'm still thinking to myself, this is going to be fine. She's going to have her wallet, and we're now we're talking like it's like four o'clock in the afternoon, and this is we have. I have half an hour before I have to get home, um, and she needs her wallet the next day. And um, so I'm, I'm just like, okay, this is going to happen. I don't know how it's going to happen, but it's going to happen. Somehow, I got FedEx to change the location of where the pickup was to the hotel, and they actually came through and picked it up at the hotel and got her her wallet the next day. <laughs> that is a miracle of faith. At the beginning of the day, I didn't have the faith for that. But it rose up in me. That is a gift of faith. It's something that you just, you're in some crazy situation, and all of a sudden, there's this peace of God that comes over, and you're like, no big deal. This is going to work. This is going to be just fine. You have no idea how it's going to be fine, but it's going to be fine. Amen? That is a gift of faith. <laughs> second verse, second part of verse 9 to another the gifts of healing by the same spirit notice that that's plural there's more than one gift of healing 
you can there I've heard a story told of a man <laughs> he was an accountant <laughs> and a, a godly man loved God baptized in the Holy Spirit on fire for God but he was an accountant he was um a very by the book accountant very non-demonstrative accountant very um yeah not much expression of anything accountant okay and he's sitting at his desk one day and he hears the lord say basically something along the lines is will you help me he's like yeah sure lord of course what do you want me to do i want to give you a gift of healing for hair restoral he's like hair restoral yep he's like okay sure very unassuming man he would just show up at places and he would say there's an anointing here if you've lost hair or you're believing for hair growth and you know people with cancer people with i think it's thyroid issues you can lose your hair as well if it goes the wrong way either up or down that kind of stuff um and he would lay hands on people and he would watch hair grow you know it's 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 not like he's been healed from cancer but it was things that people needed that is a gift of healing you you hear other people talking about that they have a gift for hearing and um things like that for myself i always when i hear someone uh talk about um their kidneys i perk up i'm like i gotta get my hands on them I just, this is like, this is like his urge inside him. I gotta get my hands on them. Gotta get my hands on them. Where are they? 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 I have to get my hands on them. <laughs> but there were many gifts of healing, and they're, they're, um, yeah. Do you, do you see the picture there? There's multiple gifts of healing. You don't just have a gift of healing. You may have. There's some people that do have a gift of, of for healing, um, for multiple things. But a lot of people they they will pray for multiple um, healings. But there is a specific area that they will that they know that they're supposed to be praying. If you if they hear anything about say cancer or like I said kidneys or hair or whatever else hearing restoration, they're like whoop, radar up. Where's the meerkat picture? When you need it. Did I hear something? <laughs> Amen? Amen. Okay, verse 10. To another, the working of miracles. The working of miracles is slightly different. It can work in conjunction with other gifts. It usually has somebody else involved. You think about this building. This building was a working of miracles. And notice, notice the word working. Something has to be done. So with this building, when we were in the yellow floored building, is that? Right. Yeah, so when we were in the yellow floored building behind Costco, we um, were believing for a down payment for our last building. And we were taking up some seed for it. And um, the seed that we got in was not enough for our down payment on it. it. Basically, we had to put down a deposit plus our first month's rent, which was approximately $15,000. And we didn't have that. 
so one of the things, if you ever listen to Jesse Duplantis or Jerry Savelle or, or um, Kenneth Copeland, they always say that if, if your harvest isn't enough for what you need it for, it becomes your seed. So we did a work, and we sowed seed into, yeah, Dr. Brown, because he was believing for, for some office of, and things like that. So we sowed a seed into his building fund, believing for his building fund and believing for us. Now, think about what happened out of that seed. Approximately how much was that seed? $3,700. So out of that seed of $3,700, our, our um, landlords came to us and they said, we want you to move. We want to find a building for you. We want to um, restore that building for you. We want to do the renovations on that building for you. And we'll, we want to, you guys to move into that. And we're going to do everything. And out of that $3,700 seed, we got a $100,000 harvest. That is a working of miracles. A second, yeah, we're paying. We have two about fifteen hundred. Is seventy two, and the last one was sixty five, right? Fifty six. Um, we have got more space, and we're paying less money per square foot. Not just less money in general. We're paying less money per square foot for this building than we were for the other one, plus all of the renovations that they did. That is a working of miracles. Yeah. Amen? Yeah, Hallelujah. You think about in the Bible, when Jesus went to heal the guy's eyes and he took the mud, yeah. made the mud and put it on the, his eyes. That is a working of miracles. He did a work. He, he heard the Father. He did, he, remember he says, I only do what the Father tells me to do. And he took the mud. And the Father told him, take the mud, put it on the guy's eyes. That was a working to bring the miracle. Yeah. Amen? Yeah. Hallelujah. The breaking of bread is another one. They only had a couple of loaves and a couple of fish. And 5,000, well, it says in the Bible 5,000. That was only the men counted. So you figure there's the wives, so there's 10,000. And then there's the children, say they each had uh, four each. So we're up 25,000 people there or so, something around there. All sitting waiting. And he broke, what did he do? He did a work to find the miracle. He broke the bed and gave thanks. And then out of that broken bread, out of that work, out of that trust, out of that faith in what God can do, they fed 25,000 people and had amounts left over. Amen? Hallelujah. Bushels. There you go. 12 bushels. Amen. To another prophecy... And to another discerning of spirits. To another prophecy. Prophesy, prophecy is to edify the body. It is to edify the body. If you look, let's just flip over to um, 1 Corinthians 14. And we're going to look at verse 4. Actually, we're going to start in verse 3. 
But he that prophesieth speaketh unto men to edification and exhortation and comfort. He that speaketh in an unknown tongue edifieth himself, but he that prophesieth edifieth the church. So when you look at that word edifieth in the Greek, it's the first thing that it says to be a house builder. To be a house builder. That's the first definition in, of, of that Greek word, to be a house builder. We are the house of God. We are the temple of the Holy Spirit. We congregate as the house of God. We may be in a building, but it's the people that it's all about. Right. We, the people, are the house of God. When we have prophesy, it is to edify and build up the house of God. To make them strong. To give them encouragement. To let them know that they've got this huge basket, this huge bushel of tools that they can use to do what God's told them to do. That they're not alone. That is what prophesying is for. Nothing else. Nothing like what what, uh, Andrew Womack experienced. That is not prophesying to build up the house. That is of the devil, basically. Amen? Amen. Amen. Discerning of spirits. The discerning, when you look at this in, in the Amplified, to another the ability to discern and dis- distinguish between the utterances of true spirits and false ones. We can discern the spirits because we have the Holy Spirit on the inside of us. And let me tell you, the more time you spend with the Word of God, the more time you spend with God, the more time you spend with like-minded people, the more you get to understand and hear and realize the Holy Spirit speaking in your life. It is the same idea as a banker. Some, a teller, someone who is working with money all the time. The way that they, they teach them about counterfeit money is they have to spend tons and 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 tons of time with real money because then they know the feel, they know the look, they know everything about real money. And then when a counterfeit comes across, they're flipping through and counting, they're like, that didn't feel right. Let's go back. No, that still doesn't feel right. They know that it's a counterfeit. The discerning of spirits. You spend your time with the Holy Spirit and you get to know what is right, what is of the Holy Spirit, and what is not of the Holy Spirit. Amen? Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. And then finally, to another, diverse kinds of tongues. To another, the interpretation of the tongues. When we pray, you'll hear um, a lot of us praying in tongues, just as, as we're praying and, and glorifying the Lord and edifying and hearing from the Lord and stuff like that. But this is talking about slight, something slightly different. It's talking about having a word from the Lord that comes out in tongues. It actually is It's like you're talking to the people, but you're talking in tongues. Um, Pastor Gwen was mentioning to me at the end of her service that she um, was ministering at um, yesterday afternoon, she ended up talking in tongues. And because 
that was what the Lord wanted to do. And uh, there was interpretation that came. And yeah, half and half. If you, some, if you come to uh, the Thursday night prayer, um, there is often uh, tongues that come out of that. And then there is somebody else that has the interpretation of those tongues. And it, it's a, usually a word from God, a direction from God. I want you to do this. I want you to do this. Uh, an edification. A, it can be a, a number of different things. But these things are all tools for our basket. Yes, they are. Amen. 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 Oh, hallelujah. Thank you for listening today. We hope you have been strengthened and encouraged by the message you've heard. To hear more from our pastors or to learn more about Celebration Life Church, you can visit our website at celebrationlife.ca. You can contact us by phone at 604-594-7327 or you can write to us at Unit 2A, 13139 80th Avenue, Surrey, B.C., B3W3B1.